Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. Is it okay if I play a little jazzy piece? <laughs> I was thinking, well, then she held it up, you know, just a closer walk with me. I said, well, that should be fine. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Ginger. Beautiful, beautiful piece. Amen. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to the 24th chapter in the Gospel of Matthew. And uh, we're going to be looking at uh, chapters 24 and 25 in the Gospel of Matthew over the next few weeks. And I've entitled this, Jesus Reveals Future Events, Part One. 
And uh, I, I'm not sure how many parts there'll be, but there'll be several parts to this. And I don't know that I'll get all the way uh, through uh, this one that uh, we have uh, scheduled today. But we want to take our time here because we're talking about future events. And the importance of, of knowing these events is crucial. We have the wonderful privilege, honor, as well as responsibility to share the message of God's love with a lost and dying humanity. And especially with those who are within our own families. And I've mentioned this before. Those of you who have children, and they're probably not you know, little children now, they're, they're older. But they're still your children, our children. And we need to share the message of the Lord's love with them. Whether or not they want to hear it or listen to it, we still need to share that message with them. And then with our grandchildren as well. And great-grandchildren. If you are so blessed to have great-grandchildren. Share the message. And to also teach them about the future events. A huge mistake is made in churches and among pastors who refuse to preach about future events. If God didn't intend for us to know about them, he wouldn't have put them in the Bible. If he didn't intend for us to, to study them and to be informed about what is coming, he wouldn't have put them in the Bible. And aren't you glad, and as we read here, that the, the disciples asked the Lord Jesus about the future and these, these coming events. Now there are some who, who justify never preaching on future events and the coming of the Lord, etc. based particularly on the need to be living holy and godly lives and we ought to be um, you know, concentrating on our everyday lives. Well that's true, we ought to be doing that but also with an eye to the future, to eternity. Because we know that the Lord Jesus will return one day. We don't know when that is, but we do know that it is in the future. But we bear a responsibility to share with people and with our families and our, our kids and grandkids, the Lord is coming back and just like we celebrate Christmas which was a fulfillment the promise that God would send forth his son and he did he is sending his son forth again but this time he doesn't come as a babe in Bethlehem he comes as the conquering king he comes as the judge of the entire human race and so, let's uh, begin reading in Matthew chapter 24, beginning at verse 1. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple. 
And his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Our Father in God, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus, and we ask that you be our teacher. Oh Lord, as we study this portion of the Gospel of Matthew, help us to understand, help us to see, illuminate our, our spirits, our heart, our minds, our understanding. You are our teacher, Lord. Speak to our hearts. And we pray, Lord, that we, in turn, will share your word with our families and with others with the hope that they'll come to know you, to discover your love, to experience the forgiveness of sin, and to receive the gift of eternal life that was purchased for them by the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak to us now, Lord, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. So notice, last week we looked at a portion where Jesus was in the temple, and he was teaching the people, he was being questioned by the religious leaders, and he then also questioned the religious leaders, and then he began to, to condemn their behavior. And you'll recall that he taught the disciples that they were to listen. That is, they were to listen to the preaching or the teaching, the sharing of the law. Because that's God's holy word. But they were not to follow the example of those who said one thing but lived a completely and totally different way. 
and he referred to them as hypocrites. And we, we talked about the fact that we're all hypocrites from time to time. The truth be known, yes. And it may be difficult for some to admit that, but the fact is, is that's true. Because we are all sinners. And so as they were leaving the temple, and we can read about this over in Mark and Luke as well, the disciples were really enamored with the, the temple and its buildings because it was a magnificent structure. Some say it was the most magnificent structure or complex in all of the Middle East at that time. And it's estimated that the building of the temple complex actually took well over 60 years. And at the time of, of Jesus, it had been being built or was in the process of still being built some 40 to 50 years because it was begun in 19 or 20 BC. It was a magnificent structure. And so the disciples, they're showing these buildings to Jesus. And he responds, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, look here in uh, chapter 23 and verse 37. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. The one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We read in the Bible that when, when Jesus died upon the cross, that there in the temple, the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. It opened access to the throne of God. That veil in the temple separated the holy place from the most holy place, or the holy of holies which was lawful for only the high priest to enter, and that only one time a year. And you'll recall that they rejected Jesus. He came to his own, but his own received him not. And the disciples were telling him about the, the buildings and the stones, it's estimated that some of those stones weighed as much as 400 tons. Can you imagine? 400 tons. Today we talk about cranes being able to lift maybe a ton or two tons. And we marvel that, that this complex was made up of many stones that weighed in excess of 400 tons. Incredible. Incredible. 
Now the disciples were probably puzzled when Jesus said these things. And so they had walked out of the temple complex and they went down through what is called the Kidron Valley, which is located east of the temple complex area. And they went up into the Mount of Olives. And so this portion of Matthew is referred to as the Olivet Discourse. Commonly referred to them as the Olivet Discourse because it was there on the Mount of Olives. So they're puzzled because they're wondering, well, wait a minute. They're still working on this temple complex and it's a magnificent structure. How is it that this is all going to be destroyed? And then they were probably puzzled, thinking, well, well, wait a minute. If you're the Messiah, you're supposed to be establishing your kingdom. And if Jerusalem is going to be destroyed, and the temple is going to be destroyed, then where is your throne going to be? Because we always thought it was going to be in Jerusalem, and the, and the temple is the Lord's house. So they were a bit puzzled. So when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming? So let's, let's stop there for a moment. The Bible teaches that the Lord Jesus Christ will come again one day in the future. That day is quickly approaching. Then they ask him a second question, and the end of the age. Notice it's not the end of the world. Some of the older translations put the end of the world, but it's actually the end of the age. We get that the eon, the eons of time comes from the Greek. It refers to an age. You see, we live right now in the age of the church. This is referred to as the church age. John the Baptist was a fulfillment of the prophets. He is referred to as the last of the Old Testament prophets. And Jesus is a fulfillment. He, he fulfilled the Old Testament law. Oftentimes the question is asked about Christians and the Sabbath, etc. You see, Jesus fulfilled the law. And he is our eternal rest. Amen. So we rest in him. And we worship him not just on the Lord's Day, which is Sunday, or on Saturday, or the going down of the sun on Friday to the going down of the sun on Saturday, which is the biblical Sabbath. But we worship him all seven days. All seven days. But the Bible teaches that he is going to come again. And the church, the church was born in the first century. Now, of course, the church existed in the heart of God back in eternity, right? Just as we studied this morning, God speaking to Jeremiah, he said, Before I formed you in the womb, I called you to be a prophet unto the nations. Amen. And so the church was in the heart of God from the beginning of time. 
but physically upon the earth, it was born in the first century, approximately around 33 AD. So in about 10 more years, the church will have been in existence for 2,000 years. Isn't that interesting? The end of the age. You see, the, the end of the Old Testament age, if you will, or the age of the law. Because not only is this called the age of the church, it's also referred to as the age of grace or the age of the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, the Holy Spirit, being God the Spirit, has always existed. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit have always existed. But prior to the church age, the Spirit of the Lord would come upon the saints of the Old Testament time. But after the death, the burial, and the resurrection, and the ascension of the Lord, he sent forth the Holy Spirit who came in and indwelled believers so that today anyone who accepts Christ as Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell, indwell that individual. God the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. He lives within us. So we live in the age of the Holy Spirit in the sense that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is living and dwelling within us. We refer to it as the church age and oftentimes as the age of grace. But remember that God has always saved by grace and even the law was given by God's grace because the law teaches us the difference between what is right and what is wrong what is acceptable to God and what is unacceptable to God. But there is coming a day when this age will also close. That is the age of the church. And we read of this event over in the writings of the Apostle Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in the, the books of the Thessalonians. He writes that there is coming a day when the Lord will call for his church and the church will be taken out of the world. You say, well, how will that happen? By God's power. Amen. God will do it. Now, there's, there are differing views and only God knows exactly when and, and exactly how that's going to happen. But the disciples asked Jesus this question. And of the end of the age, the sign of your coming. And notice that these are some distinct and very different events. Because over in the, the first point, he told them that the temple was going to be destroyed. And they're wondering about that. But then they ask about his coming in the second point and the end of the age. These are all differing events. You see, the temple was destroyed 
when Jesus, and we read there in chapter 23, just before 24, your house is left to you desolate. Jesus was teaching that the destruction of the temple was coming. For no longer was the temple being used to honor the Lord. You say, how so? Because the Lord of the temple came to his temple and he was rejected. And who is the Lord of the temple? Jesus, the Son of God. He was rejected and because he was rejected, in turn, they too were rejected. Sad, tragedy. And in 70 AD, the Romans came in to Israel and into Jerusalem, and they destroyed the temple, and they destroyed Jerusalem as well. And over time, People were taken captive, and others fled. And you ask the question, how is it that the Jewish people wound up in so many different parts of the world? That's the reason. And over the centuries, it spread throughout the world. And then, those who are the real occupiers you may have heard that term used in reference to, to Israel or to the Jewish people. The Arabs and the others, the non-Jews of the time, came into the Promised Land, into Israel, and they began to occupy. Now notice what Jesus goes on to say. He says, take heed that no one deceives you. When you read through the New Testament, and tonight we'll be looking at the book of Galatians, and one of the reasons for the writing of the book of Galatians, as well as many of the other books in the New Testament, was to defend the true gospel, to defend the word of God against false teachers who were spreading false doctrine. And we still have that today. But Jesus tells the disciples, take heed that no one deceives you. And then he, he goes on to list some things. Notice, Jesus reveals several signs to recognize. He says, false Christs or false saviors, false messiahs are going to deceive people. And down through the ages, there have been many of these. As a matter of fact, right there, even in Israel, in the first century, in the second century, there were those who said they were Christ, who said they were the Messiah, all the way down here to the day and age in which we live. And most recently, you probably have heard of that uh, Waco, Texas, what happened down in Waco? Do you, you recall that? I believe his name was David Koresh. 
and the Branch Davidian cult? He said that he was the Christ, that he was the Messiah. Now, as we'll look in future messages, Jesus gave very clear indicators with respect to himself and when he returns. There will be no question because the Bible teaches that when he appears, everyone will see him. And his, his countenance will be so glorious that he will outshine the sun. And the people of earth will look up and see him. And it also goes on to say, and the nations will mourn. And why will they mourn? Because they know that their time is up. But he says, don't believe any of these people. Don't allow yourself to be deceived. There is but one Christ, and he hasn't returned yet. But he's coming. And then he, he talks about wars and uh, rumors of wars. I have a paper here. I, I, uh, I learned this the other day. You know, there's statisticians for all kinds of different statistics. But I found this one rather interesting. It is estimated that since 3600 BC, there have been approximately 14,351 wars. And it is estimated that some 3.64 billion, that's a billion with a B, people have been killed in those wars. 3.64 billion, just as a result of those wars. And on a Wednesday night, I think uh, I mentioned that it's estimated that well over a hundred billion people have actually lived upon the face of the earth from the beginning of time. You know how these statisticians go through, right, mathematics, and et cetera. They're able to go back and, and figure all that out. But what does Jesus say here? He says there's wars and rumors of wars, but, but don't let that alarm you. Because war, sadly, war is actually a part of human existence. Have you ever had a little war in your own family? <laughs> right. Maybe just a tiny little disagreement. You had one of those? Or maybe you had a real big disagreement. That's common, isn't it? It's common. Whenever you have two or more people, you know that eventually there will be at least one disagreement. And that's a commentary for the entire human race. But Jesus says, yes, there are going to be wars, but the end is not yet. And then notice he says, nation will rise against nation. Nations are are going to rise against nations. 
And in a general sense, when that word nation is used, it refers to Gentile nations. But it's also the word ethno, and I've shared this with you many times, which refers to ethnicities or different ethnic groups. Now, there are some who want you to believe that it's wrong for you to be comfortable with your own ethnic group. And nothing could be further from the truth. It is a common thing for us to be very comfortable with our own ethnic groups. But that doesn't mean then that we should hold our ethnic group over another ethnic group or look down on other ethnicities because we all belong to the human race. There is but one race of people, the human race. But he says nations and ethnic groups are gonna, they're gonna rise up against one another. They've been doing that since the beginning of time. And then he goes on and he says there are going to be famines, hunger. Is there any hunger in our world today? All around the world there is hunger. And pestilences. Oh my goodness, we just had one of those. They refer to it as COVID-19. But there have been others. And we're running out of time. Well, earthquakes. And all these, he says, are the beginning of sorrows. Birth pains, and I'll, I'll end with that. And we'll pick up here uh, next week. But all these are the beginning of sorrows. Really, in the, in the Greek, it refers to the birth pains. And I remember when, when Cheryl was, uh, was pregnant, and, you know, and she said, well, it, it's time. And you all know what that means, right? She's pregnant, she said, it, it's time. <laughs> Her contractions had started. And you ladies that have had children, you know all about that stuff. And those contractions, they begin slowly, but then they begin to increase in intensity, and they increase, right? in terms of brevity of time. Closer and closer and closer together. Is that correct? And then eventually, it's time to deliver. Well, what do we know? These are all signs of the coming of the Lord. And as we get closer and closer to the coming of the Lord, these things will increase in intensity and frequency. But we're out of time. So we're going to stand, please. We're going to sing, Have Thine Own Way. Maybe you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior. We want to encourage you to give your heart and your life to Christ because He is returning. And here's the other thing. Guess what? You are going to die one day. Everyone in this room is going to die one day unless the Lord comes back before them and takes us home to be with Him. Do you know that when you die, you're going to be with the Lord in heaven? If you don't know that, you need to accept Jesus and you need to do so now.
We're going to sing this hymn as we sing, You Come and Give Your Heart to the Lord Jesus. pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word, and we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.